Hello and welcome back to another episode of Shadeswood. We're the worst sisters. I'm Sadie. I'm Suna. And I'm Arzon. And here in the Shire, we have a motto. And that motto is, if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. And this week, we're going to be covering episode 14 of the fourth season of Pretty Little Liars. So now I'm going to hand over to Suna to tell us some more. Thank you. Episode 14 is called Who's in the Box? Um, And this is a real good one. So this is the episode after Grave New World where we found out for certain that Alison is still alive. Absolute mind-blowing episode. This one is also good. So the girls are trying to understand what's been happening. Why has Alison been away for this long? Who is she afraid of? What's going on? So they're kind of doing all this digging to find out. And they also figure out that since Alison is alive, they went to somebody else's funeral. So they followed up with um, finding a local girl who also went missing the same time as Ali, whose body hasn't been found. And so they think it might be her. The other things that happen is Toby is still investigating uh, what's happened to his mum. All roads are leading to Radley. So they're investigating that and threatening to sue the company that owns them. Ezra has a creepy little cabin in the creepy little woods and he drags Arya in there to be a creepy little creep and Hannah and Caleb say farewell so he's he's getting a (laughs) spin-off yeah and that's the episode yeah so we kind of start the episode off with all four girls talking about what happened to Allison and they're kind of like trying to figure out what happened why she didn't call the cops who is she afraid of and more importantly they're kind of like reflecting in themselves and they're wondering why they're not insanely happy that they just found out their friend Allison is alive. And I mean, like, I think we know the answer, right? It's because Allison made yeah. all their lives and that even her disappearance made their lives hell. So she was a psycho bitch, correct? <laughs> yeah. So they're wondering, um, you know, what is keeping her from, com- from coming back? What is she this afraid of? And could she even be A? Like, they don't know. They have no clue right now, but they're trying to figure it out. I feel like just go to the freaking cops and be like, we just literally saw Ali alive. <laughs> she's here (laughs) so they go down to the crypt to where Alison Alison in quotation marks is buried and I guess it's just so that they can have a conversation there because they're talking about how they got to figure out who this person is because it's not Ali maybe that will give them some clues you know in this scene it's Hannah says that she's got a theory and she talks about that they should actually figure out who was killed and why they were identified as Ali because she says somebody clearly wanted them Somebody clearly wanted everyone to think this was Ali. So something went wrong yeah. that her body was actually identified as Ali and we should figure out why. And this is the first in this episode of Spencer being blown away that somebody has a good idea other than her. I yeah. know. She's so, so mean to Hannah all the time. Yeah. She's like, agreed. wow, that is a theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, uh, one week passes from them doing that and everything else that happens in the, this uh, episode. Um, which is funny because I don't have that much time. <laughs> I don't know what this show is doing. Just pretend it's the next day. So anyway, we'll split off now to what Arya's been up to. Ezra is teaching the class about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This is fitting, I feel like, because he's, we've yeah. recently found out his two sides, right? So we've found the Ezra sweet guy who's, well, quotation marks sweet guy that Arya has fallen for. And then we also see the Ezra who clearly has an aid layer of sorts. Um, hiding out in Ravenswood. He starts being like real creepy again and starts asking Arya to stay back so that he can talk to her like 
Have we not been through this? Are we not reliving the same thing over and over again? Why are you all doing this? Yeah, this is literally just season one in a different flavor. Yeah. In a different ice yeah, cream. Yeah, season one in a different flavor. Different ice cream. Yeah. So while they're off talking, the other girls are chatting about um, what's Aria doing? Is she seeing Ezra or is she still with Jake? And then like Spencer or Aria, I can't remember which one, made a comment about like she can't see Jake when he's in Harrisburg. Um, yes, you can. A suburb doesn't mean that you can cheat on whoever you're dating. No, it doesn't. But it just conveniently gets him out the way. Yeah. Apparently, Ezra's going through this kind of existential crisis. And he's like, when you graduate and you leave and we leave this place, I want you to be the person that you think I am. And he's like, I put you in this really hard position with um, Malcolm. And, you know, like, I want to kind of make it right, basically. I want to be the man you think I am. I'm looking at Sunar's notes for this episode. Even in her notes, she puts down the wrong names. She's saying, Ezra, he put Ali in an impossible situation with Malcolm. <laughs> I know. I literally, I literally do this all the time. Even in my notes, I write the wrong name. <laughs> and then when I'm reading it back, sometimes I know what I meant. Yeah, like I knew what you meant here, but I'm reading along with you. And I was like, did I miss something for a second? And I was like, oh, wait, no, no, no. It's the wrong name. No, no. I'm just dumb. <laughs> just like take everything with a grain of salt. In the meantime, Mona is kind of calling out Ezra. They run into each other at like a bookshop thing and Mona is like, oh, by the way, I'm like really loving this reading, Jekyll and Hyde, so good. Um, And like I'm really jealous of the other girls and how much support you get from them. Spencer, Emily and Aria just think you're the best. She is kind of like hinting at Ezra's secret identity and... um, Yeah. And she's also hinting at like maybe that... Ezria is a thing again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. And they're having this kind of like under the surface fight about what's really happening. And, um, mm. you know, Ezra's saying things about like Mona and the trouble that she's had in the past. And she's hinting that he's hiding stuff and he's with um, Aria again. He kind of like does this weird threatening thing to Mona where he says, you know what, like fear's really good actually because fear's a motivator. It stops people from like doing dumb things. But for Mona it's she doesn't have any fear and he says that it makes her more vulnerable because she doesn't have any fear and sometimes she pushes too far more than she should basically so he's like low-key threatening her here and he and she is low-key threatening him so so that little showdown was fun yeah it was yeah i forget why but um aria needed some support I didn't say specifically why in my notes. So if anyone remembers, fill me in. But Arya basically needs something and um, she calls Ezra and he shows up and she says that she just needs to drive and take her mind off things um, and he knows where to take her if she doesn't mind the distance. Yeah, I think it may maybe just be the alley thing and he doesn't, she doesn't tell her that, tell oh, him that yeah, it's yeah. the alley thing. Yeah, I think it could be the alley thing. That's right. So he takes her to... Um, this cabin in the woods that apparently he's looking after for his friend and there's no cell service or anything, but like he's just got access to this cabin in the woods. Have these girls not learnt nothing about going to cabins in the woods with no reception? Emily nearly died in one like last season. No, I don't know. Haven't you, guys, haven't you guys learned that you're not supposed to go to woods with strangers and scary things and you still went? We have not learnt. We'll do again. But yeah, no, they haven't learnt anything. And if you offer them another cabin in the woods with no service, they will also go to that one. No questions asked. Also, how many cabins are in these woods? Everyone has a cabin. 
Oh, I want a cabin in the woods so bad. That's a great way to get murdered, Sona. Well, you know, you got to take some risks sometimes. you got to die sometime. It may as well be in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Can you guys get me a crypt on sale? <laughs> yeah, of course. Bargain. Family crypt. Family crypt. So anyway, they go to this cabin in the woods. Ezra's like basically pleading, like have a fresh start. He wants a time machine. He wants a do-over. He messed it up. But, like, mate, if you had a time machine, maybe don't date the underage girl in your class. Maybe that's what you should have learned from all of this. That's not the lesson Ezra has learned. He, for some reason, has learned that he just wants to be a better man for the underage girl that he was dating. She says that, you know, she's kind of seeing someone now. Ezra mentions that, yeah, I know, and it's really hard because I know that Mr. Hackett also watches you like a prison guard. But here's my thing. If Mr. Hackett knows this, why is he not watching Ezra? Why is he watching Arya? Why are they acting like Ari is the one that did wrong? Everyone likes to blame women. So anyway, um, Ezra just piles on the creep and he gives her a key to the cabin in the woods and says this could be their secret place and they could go off there and hide and luring her back into this secret relationship, kind of like the early season one days when they were like hiding yeah. out in secret. And this whole thing is, you know, not sus- suspicious at all that he wants to force this teenage girl to have a secret relationship with him in the woods. Like, that's totally normal. It is. But something interesting about this uh, apartment is when Ezra and Arya are in there, we see that there's, a like, a trap door. In my notes, I called it a floor door. There's a floor <laughs> um, door. Yeah. Yeah, there's a floor door there. Uh, Ezra kind of, like, makes eyes at it at some point, but there's not much that comes out of it. But at the end of the episode, the kind of A scene is that we see someone in a hooded figure comes in to the cabin and opens the floor door and there's some secrets to be uncovered about this cabin yet. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And that's Arya. Now it's time for Spencer. So we start off um, Spencer's timeline by finding out a little bit about what Toby's been up to. Apparently he's been gone for a couple of weeks looking for answers about his mum and now he's back. But I don't specifically know where he went or what answers that he got because... It's all a bit vague. He doesn't really mention where he was or what he was doing. In the meantime, the girls, um, we'll get into it in the other timelines, but they've been really curious about where Jason is in all of this and whether they should go to him about Ali or not or whether he knows Ali is back or not or whatever. So they're trying to track down Jason. But if we remember from the earlier drama, Spencer and Jason share a dad, <laughs> okay? Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So she goes to her father slash Jason's father and asks where your son is and... He doesn't know and he's mad and he wants to stay untangled from that De Laurentiis family. So please don't ask me where Jason is. Okay, but like if you wanted to be untangled from them, don't sleep with a De Laurentiis. No, no deal. (laughs) So Spencer keeps pushing and he says, look, I'll help you find Jason, but I want you to stay away from Jessica De Laurentiis. Like I don't want you to interfere with her. And Spencer agrees. So then Spencer is trying to figure out some more information and he, I think, gets this idea that he's going to track down people that have worked with Dr. Palmer. They uncover, like, this whole thing where Radley is owned by this company called Declodone. And I think they own a chain of these things or chains of pharmacies. They're a big company. They own stuff. They own Radley. Spencer asks him, oh, how did you think of, like, tracking down the people that worked with Dr. Palmer? And this is another instance where Spencer is, like, got tickets on herself this episode when he's like oh I just tried to think more like what you would do and she says something like oh yeah that was a good idea and it's like why does she think she's a genius why does she think that she's the only one that comes up with good ideas and like even her boyfriend is dumb and can't think of anything unless she tells him 
And then they draw these like really weird links um, with no real supporting evidence, as they always do. And they think that everything goes back to Radley, that it's where people go to leave their secrets. But they kind of come up with this thing of like, if Radley is covering up this, they're probably covering all sorts of things. And by the way, Spencer saw an episode of Mythbusters where a mouse could scare an elephant and she knows exactly what to do. So they have like no information. They also have like literally no information on his mum, except for that they think potentially Wilden lied on the form about what happened the day she died. That's all they have. But Spencer is such a genius. She single-handedly makes this company fold with fear because they go and hassle the um, lawyer. They kind of like threaten her about letting people know stuff about what's happening with Radley. Then the woman's like, you really don't have anything to go on. Like, stop bothering me. She's good at her job. But Spencer is even better with her unfinished high school education. And Spencer basically comes up with this genius idea of like, well, I don't need to prove anything. I can just go in on the internet and say it's true and people will believe me. And um, we're going to do that before your next stockholder meeting. So don't test it. Like, I'm so glad that Spencer thought of, I can just lie on the internet as a defense. I know. Not the internet. Yeah, not the internet. So Spencer and Toby end up celebrating some sort of a win. I think, I don't know what they agreed to. What did they agree to? They were going to accept that his mum's death wasn't a suicide or something. They've decided yeah, exactly. to accept something. A formal acknowledgement of that. And Peter comes in. And I feel like Toby is so deaf to the tone of the room and the relationship. Like, how yes. long have you been with Spencer? And you don't know the tone of the relationship between her and her father. So he basically, like, just starts telling him about, oh, yeah, Spencer's such a genius. She's been doing all this sneaky shit threatening lawyers. Like, that's not what you tell someone's dad. (laughs) No. I kind of saw it as, like, Toby's proud of her and he knows the relationship. So he wanted Peter to be proud of her. But, like, it didn't really come off that way. But you could kind of see the fear in Spencer's eyes as he was saying this. She's like, Please don't tell my dad about this. Like, this is awkward. But Peter comes in with um, an unexpected twist. He turns around and he's like, well, if she was a real genius, she would know that there's a lot more going on and he, she could shut the whole place down. I know. If my, like, you know, 16-year-old daughter wasn't a fucking idiot. I know. Basically. <laughs> you noob. You noob. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> This is why she didn't get into UPenn. This is exactly why. Melissa would have shut that place down. Yeah. I know. Peter's really kind of pushing in on this, um, trying to shut down Radley thing. He comes back later and says that she should really do it, basically. And Spencer's like, what the hell are you doing? Well, like, what what are you trying to do? And he's like, I'm trying to help you. I've been thinking about closing down Radley for a while now. Like, that place is no good. Um, shit's going down there. Like, it ain't good. Somebody needs to do something and it should be you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Spencer, you're the only one who can save this town. <laughs> exactly. She's the Archie of this show. <laughs> she is. She's going to go battle a bear now. Yeah. If this In was River- Riverdale, she'd be Betty at best. She's not Betty. She's definitely the Archie. Yeah, so you know in Riverdale how the whole town can't do anything without Archie? This is yeah. the Spencer equivalent. Rosewood is nothing without Spencer. That's all for Spencer. Yeah, my notes say the same. Your notes are my notes. <laughs> Your mother is my mother, okay? <laughs> yeah, basically. So who were we going to do next? We were going to do Oh, this we were doing Hamily. 
Yes, Hamily. 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 We are Hamily. I've got all my Archies with me. What about that like Ice Age cover of We Are Family where the woman has like really bad hearing and she's like, we are ham and cheese. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I know, it was the funniest moment of my childhood. Wow, that's extreme. Oh, a joke was born and it wasn't from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah. <laughs> nah, how could you have a funny moment and it wasn't from me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? We'll start with um, Hamily now. So Hannah is following up from her genius plan that Spencer didn't have. And she's searching for who else might have gone missing that weekend. The same weekend that Alison went missing. We also find out that Ashley's having trouble getting some jobs because she's basically a public relations train wreck. Nobody wants to hire her because she potentially killed a cop. And we also find out in this scene that it sounds like Tom and Isabel want to move to Australia. Um, and Hannah doesn't want to go with them. They're offering Hannah an opportunity to move, but she doesn't want to go because the water in Australia runs backwards and that's a little too weird for her. I mean, it would be nice for her to get away, but I get it. Like, she doesn't want to leave her mum, so. But beyond that, my other thing is, like, why would she want to go live with her dad who literally left her for dead the second her mum was arrested? Yeah, exactly. Her dad is literally that trope of, like, when you get divorced and you have a new family you forget your old one i was about to say did anyone ask australia if they want tom because we don't i know exactly in the meantime emily is still like hanging out in mrs de laurentis's house even though it's creepy and people are stalking them in there and she's asking uh, mrs de laurentis about jason they're trying to track down jason but jason's mia apparently he has just disappeared but she's got ways of contacting him or something like that and people deal with stress in different ways. I'm not sure what stress he was dealing with. They didn't say, but I'm guessing it's about his parents pending divorce that we found out last yeah. episode. Or the death of his sister. Yeah, but that happened three years ago. Or maybe the fact that he found out that he's um, Spencer's half-brother. Other theory, it's the stress of the elevator shaft and his alcoholism. And his yeah, it could DIY. Be. Not DIY. It DIY. could also be the fact that it's almost winter and he has to put a shirt on. Correct. Yeah. That's stressful. Later on, so we'll get into it in more detail um, in a second when I kind of turn back to what's been happening with Hamily. Emily tells Paige about, like, she's been reflecting on her relationship with Allie. And she tells Paige about how, like, Allie tried, Allie let her kiss her once. So I think we've seen that reflection where um, they kind of kissed in the library. Alison let her. I think Emily's kind of coming to the realisation that she's been holding, like, Allie up on this pedestal and... She didn't really mean anything to Allie. Like, yeah, she was just kind of using her. She says that she's realised that Allie was just, like, collecting love from other people and she broke her heart. All this time that she thought Allie was dead, she hasn't been able to say goodbye. But somehow knowing that she's back is, I think, trying to stand to help heal Emily. It's helping yeah. her to yeah. kind of let go and she's starting to say goodbye to her. So she doesn't tell Paige that she now knows Allie is alive. But she does say that, you know, I'm finally starting to let her go now because I realise, like, yeah. all the pain that she's kind of caused me. And I think that's a really important moment for Emily. Yeah. I think so. It is. And I think they're the only things that I wanted to mention, like, off to the side, just Emily. The rest of what Emily does is basically with Hannah. So Mona is still – so getting back to um, Hannah, we have this scene with Mona 
where we find out that for some reason Mona's driving around in um, Jenna's new car because she doesn't need it anymore because she's bumping into walls, as Aria would say. So yeah. I don't know whether she purchased it from her, she got a good deal. Is it like the crypt deal that Carlos got? I don't know. And Mona's still trying to kind of get in good with Hannah. So you know how, like, for a while now, Hannah keeps trying to help Hannah out with things. She, like... Um, Hannah keeps trying to help Hannah out? Uh, yeah. Mona keeps trying to help Hannah out with things. Like, she confessed to the murder of her um, Wilden to try help out her mum, etc. And she's trying to get in good yeah. with Hannah. And she's worried that she's still being iced out, even after her sacrifice. And Hannah is holding her at real arm's length still. And she's like, that's the thing, Mona. I'm not sure that you actually did it for me. Like, I don't know what your intentions are. Yeah. We're in a bit of a limbo with uh, Mona in these episodes where we see her kind of trying to get in good with the liars, but we see her threatening Ezra. She seems to know what's going on there. So there's a bit of um, is she good cop or bad cop going on, yeah. as is always the case with Mona. I think she's a good cop in this instance. That's the vibes I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Like with her um, talking to Ezra the way she did, with her trying to get back into the good graces. I feel like she's trying to protect the girls, but also mm-hmm. have like a vibe of if I can't torture them, no one can. Yeah. She's definitely trying to help them, but I think her, I think her motivation for helping them is completely different. Mm, I agree. Hannah, as we mentioned, is trying to find out who could be in Ali's actual crypt, given that it's they now know it's not Ali. She does some digging. She does um some sleuthing, which Spencer probably thinks is like Spencer level good. And Hannah finds out that um a girl went missing from the same area around the same time who kind of fits Ali's description. She's Ali's size, blonde, the timing is right. She was nearby and they never recovered a body for this missing girl. So they don't know what she's doing, potentially dead in Ali's grave. Hannah reaches out to her friends. Um, She also has a small group of uh, tight-knit friends who have been mourning her death since she's been gone. Spencer is again shocked that someone else had an idea that was as good as hers and she was like, oh, what did you call them and say, like, our dead friend is still alive? And, like, what did you say to them? And Hannah's like, no, I called them and said, like, um, we're going through a similar thing and it'll be good to have support and to talk. And Spencer is, again, blown away that someone had a good idea. And then they were kind of, um, they were, like, in a classroom when this scene was happening. A video starts playing on its own um, in the screen. So they don't go to see what could have turned it on or anything. They just kind of watch. And there's, like, a video reel playing and it has an A message clearly about Ali it's Ali Ali oxen free whoever finds her gets to keep her so what we get from this scene is A knows Ali is alive and A is after Ali too it's basically a race to find Ali between A and the liars now yeah so Hannah messages her friends Uh, she's messaging Tina from the friend group about going to meet them and we see that she still has that diary that she stole from A's lair so initially Emily didn't want to go meet um, Sarah's friends She's mad at Ali. Like, she's mad that Ali's been hiding this whole time. She's put them through hell. They don't know what's up with her. And she's basically, like, just sick of playing her games, I think. But Hannah, she says that that she doesn't know what the truth is and they won't know what the truth is until she comes back. And so they go off to meet these uh, girls. So uh, at the moment, these parts are a little bit split up. But I'm going to finish off them meeting the girls first and then go on to um, Caleb. Yep. Emily ends up agreeing to go meet the girls with Hannah 
and they go and meet these uh, girls who are basically a mirror image of their friend group. It's like they're just talking to themselves. They have all the same things in common. They're like this, but in a different flavor. So yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking. It's like these past few episodes between girl Haleb and just mirror image girl group. It's like, could you not think of any other story? <laughs> yeah. So it's the exact same th- story with them. Like they, they were all like quite different personalities and this Sarah Harvey collected them um, just like our um, Ali did them. They didn't really have a lot in common. It's she's the one that brought them together, you know, all that kind of stuff, all that recurring themes that we've been hearing. The mm-hmm. one difference is that they don't have closure on um, Sarah Harvey. So, you know, yeah. up until the last episode, we all thought Ali was dead. So they asked them, what was what is it like to have the closure? Like, is it easier knowing that she's dead? And Emily yeah. says it's it's different, but it's not easier. And I think, yeah, like, that really had some weight to me, given that we now know that Emily knows that she's alive, you know? Yeah, because like, I guess they've had it both ways, right? They've had it, mm-hmm. like, knowing that their friend is dead. They went to the funerals and everything like that twice. Like, they've had too much yeah. closure, in fact, and now it's like everything's yeah. reopened. Yeah, but they also did have the period where they didn't know what was happening with her. Because yeah. um, if you remember, it took a year for them to find a body that got identified as Allison. So there was that year yeah, where they right. didn't know what was happening to Allison. Then they had the time that they thought Allison was dead after the body was found. And now they have the time where they're like, okay, who the hell is buried there? Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, kind of Caleb comes back from Ravenswood. He's been off helping Miranda get settled in and find her uncle, etc. But something's different about him when he comes back. And something he seems a bit like something complicated. That's all the answer that you get from him. But essentially he says that he has to go back to Ravenswood. Um, he has to leave. He has to go back. He's making people promises right now that he's got to keep. He's making multiple promises to multiple people. And he just has to go back. He's got to help Miranda with something. And Hannah tries to get more information from him. But all he ever says is, it's complicated. It's complicated. I can't tell you. Um, apparently he came back because... He really missed her and he might go crazy if he doesn't see her. But they basically break up this episode because he's got to go back yeah. to Ravenswood. And my question is, why? Like, besides the fact that he's getting a spin-off, why do they have to break up if he's got business in Ravenswood? Because it's like a 30-minute drive. They go there on the daily. Exactly. I agree with this. Like, it doesn't make sense. Is one of the yeah. promises he's made to someone to be their boyfriend? Like... Yeah, like if I was Hannah, I would be like, yeah, okay, you can go stay in Ravenswood, but like, why do we have to break up because it's 30 minutes away and we both have cars and like we drive there every single day for drama. And his whole thing of like, oh, I had to come and see you now because I missed you and everything because I had to see you. And, but then it's like, oh, but also we need to break up. Like, did you need to see me or not? (laughs) Did you miss me or not? Yeah. Did you miss me? (laughs) Oh my God, no. Yeah, so um, when Hannah gets home uh, one afternoon, she sees Ashley and Mrs. De Laurentiis is there. And Ashley's really happy because Mrs. De Laurentiis came over. She knows about the difficulty that Ashley's been having trying to find a job. And she offers her a job at her company. So yeah. hooray, Ashley is being hired. And Hannah's like, oh, like, thank you so much for doing this for my mom. Like, it means a lot. And then Mrs. D says something really creepy. And she says, Ali suggested it. And Hannah's like, oh my God. hold up, what? 
because she's wondering if she knows that Ali is alive. Then Mrs. De Laurentiis says, well, she told me in a dream. I so. think Mrs. De Laurentiis knows that Ali's alive. Just saying. So yeah, so Hannah's kind of like talking to Caleb again about this return to Ravenswood. And he's again giving like mysterious, complicated answers. Um, Ravenswood turned into more than he thought he would. He has to go back. He's made some promises. He's just saying the same thing over and over again. They talk about it for I don't know how long, but eventually he says he has to go. It's late. Um, like he's got to go back to Ravenswood right now. And yeah. Hannah wants to uh, go with him because like, why wouldn't you? It's 30 minutes away. Just <laughs> leave exactly. it there with him, I guess. And um, he's like, no, you can't. That's when she starts becoming like, is it about Miranda? Like, am I dumb? Did I just send you into the arms of another girl? And like, is that why you're leaving me? He says, it's not like that. Like she needs me, but it's not like that. Um, yeah. and all I know it, all I know is it's complicated and I have to go and you have to stay. And that's all I can tell you. Like none of this is, uh, very enlightening to us or Tana or to anybody. And he insists that he has to go and, um, that's it. That he has a so, spin off. <laughs> yeah. He has to go spin off. So yeah. Ashley comes down and he overhears the end of their breakup basically. And Hannah is like just crying and. Um, her mum comes over and hugs and hugs her and she says, is this how it works? Do they just leave? Hannah wants to make up for this. So even though Caleb's in a real hurry and he has to go back, he's got time to go to the brew and grab a coffee for the road. Um, of course. So she goes and meets him there basically and says, whatever happens between us or whatever you have to do, like I don't want this to be how we end. Um, I don't want this to be how we say goodbye. And so she goes over and kind of like smooths things over. They say a nice goodbye and then he still gets in the car and he drives off. And I guess that's the end of Haleb. Yeah. So sad. I um, like Haleb. They're my favorite couple. Very sad. But he's he's got a show to record. Like he's busy. He doesn't have time for this. Yeah, it's true. Um, in the meantime, Emily gets a visit from one of the people that she met with Hannah. So one of the people that was Sarah Harvey's friend just shows up at the brew where she works and she wants to have a chat to her. Her name's Claire. And Claire was conflicted about the conversation that they had today. So apparently one of their friends, Avery, that wasn't there today, um, is on medication and she's been really struggling since Sarah has been gone. Like it's been a nightmare for them. She just kind of gives um, Emily this impression that she's kind of glad that her friend disappeared because she was a nightmare. And she expects... Emily to not agree with that like she expects Emily to just not kind of get it but Emily gets it Sarah's like no no you don't get it because like I wish Sarah was dead before she disappeared but like let me tell you Emily gets it (laughs) Emily gets it for sure Emily gets it because you could say this to anyone in Rosewood and they would get it yeah they would get it like I think yeah, like it sounds like this Sarah and Ali had a lot, a lot in common. So that's very interesting because it's basically what these girls have been going through as well. Like they've also had some sort of a relief by Ali going missing. Like even though they've been hunted by A all this time, I think they felt more relaxed within their friend group and within themselves. And then the last scene of the show is them meeting at the crypt again. And... They're kind of talking about all the stuff that's been going on. 
Um, they still don't know who's in the crypt. And this is when Hannah confesses to having stolen the diary. She's been holding onto it since the lair. It's been at least over a week. We know there was that kind of time lapse. She They ask her why she didn't share it before. And basically it's because Ali has shit talked all of them in this book. So we don't find out yeah. yet what she says. But, um, I mean, we know Ali was a mean girl, but it turns out that she kind of, like, trash-talked her in this, in, this, in, this, in this book. But can I just say, why did none of the rest of them try and steal stuff while they were there? I know. And there was, like, other diaries there too. Steal them all. Take photos of things. You all have photo like, things on your camera. Yeah. And that's the, um, that's the episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was a good episode. Thanks, guys, for joining us this week for this episode of Shades Woods. You can catch us next week for an episode of Whisperia Lane where we'll talk about Desperate Housewives. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback. In order to reach us, you can go to X, formerly known as Twitter, on at SisterWorst or on the other uh, social media such as Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok as at WorstSisterShire and our email which is worstsistershire at gmail.com. Should I count us out with a harder bum? Yep, sounds yep. good. Okay. One, two, three. Harder bum. Harder bum.